einer Welt, in der man nur noch lebt, damit man täglich Roboten geht, ist die größte Aufregung, die es noch gibt, das alarmliche Fernsehbild. In the early 1930s, Robert Johnson, a black man with a guitar and a dream, took to the stage to perform a blues set so bad that he was booed off stage. A few years later, he would participate in two seminal recording sessions which would indefinitely change the way we see music today. In between that, he had a meeting with the devil at a crossroad near Dockery Plantation, Mississippi. I'm Alex, and you're listening to Radio TFSC. And if you came here to resist, well, then you came to the right place. This is Resistance Radio. Friends, having opinions is like having genitalia. It's nice. But things get weird when you take them out in public. But I don't care about that because I'm gonna unzip my pants right now and whip out my opinions, whether you like it or not. Bear in mind, you don't have to agree with anything I say, or listen to it for that matter. You know, there are 50 million songs on Spotify at this moment. A few of those belong to you and some of them belong to me and all that, but still, That's about half of the estimated total of 97 million pieces of recorded music throughout the entire history of the recording industry. You can always go and listen to that instead. But if you, like me, enjoy thinking about things for a while, then you are most welcome to spend the next half hour or so with me here on Radio TFSC. And you voted for this topic, so you know exactly what's going to happen right now. Today's topic is, does money belong in music? That was the subject you wanted to hear. 
And since I am the host of this show and you're not, I'm going to start off by the following statement. I am a musician. Musician. I still should say artist because I have a hard time pronouncing that. I am an artist. I've released a lot of music and visual arts and videos. And lo and behold, I am rapidly falling into the bracket of the failed artist doing something else, but not totally unrelated. This is my contribution to a debate we all have. Maybe not openly, but we talk about it. And it's a debate that we need to have. So, with that, <clears throat> money. <laughs> yeah, you kind of predicted that I was going to do that, right? This is Pink Floyd's money. So, 
we are talking about the recording industry, the $21.5 billion industry that we are aiming at. Let that sink in. $21.5 billion. $11.9 billion is generated in streaming revenue. To put that into perspective, if each song on Spotify was granted an equal share of that pot, it would mean that each song, whether it's indie, lo-fi, rap, pop, orchestral renditions of Mozart's for Sleeping Babies, or yet another version of Baby Shark, would be applicable to receive $238 of the money generated. I know that isn't how it works, but it gives perspective. The notion of the recording industry doing bad or slowly dying is simply not true. There is still a buck to be made from music, but at the same time, we all know who's making the money. For instance, take those 11.9 billion streaming dollars. Now take into account that Daniel Eek, the founder and creator of Spotify is valued at a 4.3 billion net worth. And to top that off, Spotify is now thinking of offering a premium ripoff to the users. That means you, that will give your music a better algorithmical performance for a small fee. Who designed the algorithms and which artists do they benefit? Truth be told, we are asked to pay so that Spotify can pay off the premium acts without having to forfeit their own shares. It is a twisted plan from a commercial supervillain that, when implemented, will cause all of the luck seekers, like you and me, to soar up on fake algorithms and bottom tier playlists so that you, the artist, get the impression that you are successful. And still, they claim that they don't make any money of streaming. Whew. Oh well. Now here's a few more net worths. Kenny West, 3.3 billion. Justin Bieber, 2.85 billion. As the station DJ, I'm paid a good sum for being broke in West. So I'm cutting off Alex in his ramblings. Here's a song to keep you preoccupied while I talk with him. In it for the money by a band called Paul.
On the latest statement from CD Baby, claimed something like $6 in total for my 2020 album, it won't change a thing. It took three years to record and six bucks? Uh, whatever, call the goddamn self-promotion police and call me a hypocrite. My merit as an artist is that since I got on Spotify with my four albums, four EPs, and five singles, I have patiently, extremely patiently, sucked out six bucks out of a $19 billion pot. So I'm going to try and be more constructive about it. Whether I want to or intend to, this train of thought will eventually surmount to a political standpoint. It is not the question of the people making money, and it's not about me. It's the question of the distribution of wealth, and a couple of warning lamps go off when I say that. Am I right? In this instance, socialist and capitalist ideologies have the very same ideal when it comes to art consumption. Tightly controlled, sponsored, sanctioned opiates for the masses. Opium of the masses was coined by the German socialist Karl Marx. It goes, man makes religion. Religion does not make man. Religion is indeed the self-consciousness and self-esteem of man who has either not yet won through himself or has already lost himself again. Religious suffering is, at one and the same time, the expression of real suffering and a protest against real suffering. Religion is the sigh of the oppressed creature the heart of a heartless world and the soul of soulless conditions. It is the opium of the people. <laughs> um, yeah, the quote is actually longer and trickier than that, um, but I stuck to the key points. And like a bad philosopher desperately trying to prove his point, I insist that man makes art, Art does not make man. Art is, indeed, the self-consciousness and self-esteem of man who has either not yet won through himself. Art is the sigh of the oppressed creature, the heart of the heartless world, and the soul of soulless conditions. It is the opium of the people. So why do we stop for cheeseburgers and a large Coke? Why not a banana and a bottle of water? Because we all know that it's bad for us. We know that somehow the burger hardly registers as food. You know, there's this one guy who forgot his burger in his jacket pocket. <laughs> Imagine that for 14 years still. This guy put a cheeseburger 
in his inner pocket and forgot about it. Anyway, he forgot the cheeseburger in his. And when he found the cheeseburger 14 years later, it's virtually. No, no, no. Way off topic. The next episode of Alex, I'll have him ask the question: Does cheeseburgers belong in radio? I think not. Yes, the metal birds with love and money.
than you have my love, but it will never last. Okay. Either way you put it, the economics of musicianship is screwed straight off the bat. We all know that. But for those dreamers of you, let me make one thing perfectly clear. You are better off and will receive better payment by repeatedly playing Bob Dylan covers in the local subway station. If the system goes unchallenged, you will end up not earning but paying insane amounts of money to fulfill the idea in your head, only to find that you are drowned out by the deafening roar of a million other artists just as good as you, or even better. Pay to peek behind the curtains in this musical freak show. Fuck this system. I'm saying that if everything ends up with the artist paying to become famous, then you know that this shit has hit the proverbial fan. The way the recording industry has rearranged itself to survive the digital free-for-all that Napster caused is killing artistry. The artist who wants to profit will have to conform to become a product which is likable, hummable, and ultimately completely replaceable. It also relies on the fact that you, the listener, don't really have a choice when it comes to music. There are 50 million options on Spotify, but we need you to listen to Ariana Grande or The Weeknd right now. That is manipulation and coercion. You can do anything, listen to anything, follow anything, but the sheer scope of option will force you to go for the simplest available option which is for you to turn on the FM radio and let the glorious recording industry shove crap in your ear ducts. So come on, wake up. This system will never allow anyone with a heart or brain or soul in. The only reason that you look at the stars in the pantheon of musicians and say to yourself, if he could do it, then I can do it. Well, no. You can't, and you sure as hell won't, because the door has been nailed shut, welded airtight, and covered in solid goddamn gold stamped with the Spotify logo. The industry is no longer interested in your act. It costs too much to market, so instead we'll appeal to a larger audience by having one of our already established acts cover Metallica. Yes, Miley, you are a sellout. So the question is, does money belong in music? Well, if you think the artist should be reasonably paid for the work they put into creating pieces of art, yes. If you think the money can somehow be used to turn this mess around and make the recording industry a better place, yes. Otherwise, the answer is no. In no artistic area has monetization and greed caused so much havoc. The mainstream these days is, to paraphrase Alex Delarge from A Clockwork Orange, a real horror show. If the money gets to stay with the ones producing, it provides fair opportunities for all to offer their product and to be valued for the quality and not by predefined forced standards. In that case, there may be some hope. We the independents already prove that socialism works. We work together, we collaborate, share our victories and well as well as our failures. 
we all work intensely night and day to produce more and more good music to a world who is oblivious to our existence. And we all get equal pay for our labor. A paltry one third of a cent. While the rich scum sucking capitalist swine sit on their golden thrones complaining that the system is biased against them. Resist the system and remove the system. The problem is not the money. It's the distribution of wealth and what powerful greedy entities will do to ascertain that you keep pouring your hard-earned cash into their pockets. The most devious and yet brilliant way the post-Napster recording industry conceived to overcome the change in how music was consumed was to make the listener think that pop music was like a cheeseburger while offering half of the world's music for free or at cheeseburger prices. And in order to cut their losses, the very same industry recouped that amount of money from everybody else, except the listener. In some bizarre way, this echoes Robert Johnson meeting the devil at the crossroads. Once the deal was signed, Johnson got the blues and formed music as we know it today. And then he died, age 27, before he got to see a penny. The devil doesn't give you anything back for your soul. He just takes. So does money belong in music? No, not in the hands of those who bastardize art for the sake of profit. And honestly, I'd love to get paid sometime, but I'm quite sure that I won't. Man, um, I'm... So go on, call me a socialist. Please keep slamming that reply button until your fingers fucking bleed. I'll take on each and every one of you because I'm Alex and this is Resistance Radio and I resist this bullshit. with your regular DJ. Here's now Way of the World Trilogy Part 3 by Active. Hey, Ollie, you forgot to say that it was featuring Clarestel.
Economy. 